so Ons Jabour beat Alexandrova and is through to the final. Jesse Pegula did the same. She beat Julie Teichman and she's through to the final to face Ons Jabour on Saturday. Uh, it hurts a lot to to say it like that, like out loud. It, it's not easy. You know, when uh, in a tournament, especially like bigger ones where there's like a shit ton of players and round one, two, three, and then quarterfinal, semifinal, final, um, so six rounds, it feels like it's all for nothing if you lose and 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 if the if i mean if you lose in the semifinals like if the semifinals are a blunder like this uh for me personally um it's not fun and it feels like this whole like 10 day tournament or whatever has been for nothing would i have changed my bets or or not bet something or, or done anything differently uh, today or yesterday in the semifinals? No. Maybe on other days in the tournament, yeah, but that's not what we're talking about. Um, would I bet Alexandrova plus 155 against Ons Jabor again? Yeah, I would. Uh, Jilly Teichman at plus 115 versus Jesse Pagula? Yeah, I would, even though it's a bit scary. Now, I don't want to spend too much time on this because I would like to cover something else afterwards, but we'll talk about the two semifinals a little bit and um, try and preview the the, the final. Uh, this, by the way, is a late upload, um, so I guess I'll be uploading twice today. I'll be uploading now uh, shortly before the matches, and then I'll, I'll be making an upload at my regular time uh, later this evening. Um, to recap, today's uh, men's matches and sort of do a final preview of um, the women's final, which will be tomorrow on Saturday. Now, Jesse Pigula, ver uh, sorry, Nikaterina um, Alexandrova versus Unz, uh, our first match yesterday. We had like 10 hours almost between both matches, maybe not 10, but like 8 or 9 hours, which I think is, is really strange for you know, a tournament to do that, because then the the winner of the first semifinal has like a, like an eight-hour head start over their opponent. I mean, yeah, there's a day off in between, but I feel like it's just different, because like Unz really had two days off, because, I mean, this would have been Alexandrova as well. I'm not making excuses for Unz. I mean, Unz just happened to win, but I mean, the winner of the early semifinal, no matter who it is, it, I mean, it was Unz in the end, um, essentially has the entire, uh, Thursday to, to relax, to recover, and then the whole day tomorrow, whereas, um, Jesse Pagula, the winner of, um, the other semifinal, uh, played at, uh, wrapped up at, like, like, midnight local time, you know? So I guess they were chilling for the rest of the day, but when you're when you're in anticipation of a match, knowing that you're about to play soon, you're not really chilling, are you? Your, your, your mind, your body is not really at rest. Um, so I feel like that's a huge uh, advantage. I mean, truly, Pagula's recovery will, will only begin um, like tomorrow, like when she gets up. Uh, whereas Ons has probably been chilling the whole day. And I think that's just really not fair. I mean, uh, I understand it's a, it's a mixed tournament. Um, and like the court, uh, 
like Nadal is playing, da 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 da. You know what I mean? But like, just put them like back to back. It, it's it's not a big deal. You know what I mean? Like, why do you put them last? You know what I mean? I I I, I don't understand. Truly, uh, it's it's weird. Um, uh, so far, as far as the scheduling is, I can't really complain. Um, I guess no one can really ever complain, cause like. Uh, if the matches get played, the matches get played, right? But I mean, th this just seems a little uh, harsh for the for Jesse Pagula for for the for the winner of the late semifinal. Now to talk about that first semifinal, Unjabur. I feel like at the start of that match, um, Alexandrova was letting Uns know that that you know this is what I'm about. I'm gonna make these shots, Uns. Uh, and, uh, and I'm talking in the very early going, like maybe like in the first like 10 to 12 points, which is maybe like two, three games or something in the first set. Uh, Alexandrova was making some shots and, and Uns was sleeping on the baseline. Um, on the contrary, um, Uns Jabor was making some drop shots and Ekaterina was sleeping on the baseline. Um, and this was very early stages, the first player to break. Um, was Uns, she broke uh, Ekaterina at 2-1, and she, she broke for 3-1. Ekaterina broke back immediately, so she was serving at 2-3, 40-15. So she got broken, she broke back, so we're on serve. Uh, she's 2-3 down, serving, 40-15. Now at this point, of the match, I texted my good friend Greek Piston and I told him if Ekaterina holds here, she wins the set, and I and, and I and I think I think she's in a very good position to win the match. She's gonna turn it around right here. Forty and this was before the forty fifteen. It was at the changeover. Uh, Ekaterina about to serve at two three. I told GP um, if she holds here, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna bet first set money line really hard, and then see, see where it goes from there. 40-15, she didn't break, and that was the match, essentially, that, like, that was the ma I mean, obviously, that was the set. And here's the thing, Uns Jabor, we talk about rats. Uns Jabor is the type of player where, like, if you give her hope, if she, if, if she sees you struggling... She will feed off that. That's like a shot in the arm. You know what I mean? Like, if you gift her a break when you're already up 40-15 to even the score and the momentum is now on your side, you just won two games in a row, you broke back and you held. Uh, Uns doesn't like that. Because then she has to do the work now, right? You're not really gifting anything. If you give Uns gifts... Not only is, is, is she going to get ahead, but she's going to play even better and get ahead even further. Start playing better, and, and then the gap will, will, just, will just increase. That's what Uns Jabor is about. And, and if you notice, when the score was close, uh, scoreboard-wise, um, the points were close. I mean, really, it was hard to separate the two. And, at, and Ekaterina serving at 2-3... 40-15 and not holding there, that was the set. And and the evidence was that um, Ekaterina was uh, a point away twice. She had two opportunities, two game points. So at 40-15 and then 40-30 to hold for 3-3. Three, three. Uh, and she didn't. And then she got broke there and then lost every game for the rest of that set.
I think she lost from that point five games in a row. And that that's like a shot in the arm. That's like a uh like you take a rocket and you and you put it up Jabor's ass. That's what it is. It it for Jabor that gets her going. Against Simona Halep, I will say that uh, Ons Jabor looked exceptional. I will also say that Simona Halep did not look her usual self, but Ons Jabor um, looked good, and maybe and 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 I'm willing to admit that maybe that's why Simona Halep uh, didn't look like her usual self, because uh, Ons Jabor was on fire. The thing is, though, with 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 Ekaterina, it just got away from her so quickly, and 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 credit to Unz for being a good front runner, and 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 credit to Unz for for sort of staying solid and being able to benefit from Alexandrova's mistakes. What? Oh. I I mean, it hurts. It feels like we never really had a chance, and I'm not I'm not saying, Ekaterina uh, never had a chance to win the match. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying. We never really had a chance to see if she could actually like uh, be competitive. You know, you know what I mean. I I hope that's clear. I mean, yes, I feel like she definitely had a chance to win, but we never really had a chance to to see if that was true or not. You know what I mean. I f I feel like she was way too wayward. Her body language was terrible. Um, and in essence, I was wrong about Ekaterina, and I think it's Ekaterina's performance, which is what uh, decided the results of this match, not what Uns Jabor did. It was not Uns Jabor's racket, and and and, and you 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 can say what you want, but this is how I see it, and and it's it's a clear distinction you have to make. Just because a player wins, it doesn't mean it was due to their uh, own performance. Sometimes you win due to your uh, due to your opponent's performance. Their performance was shit. They shout out errors. You have to be able to to make that distinction and, and differentiate between, like what really is is uh, like what your like what attributes to a player's win. Okay. Um, like results and performance, these are two different things. Uh, and you really need to break it down. You can't just uh, look at a score and be like, "Yeah, Uns won. Uns is amazing." You can't do that, even if it's true. But you, but you can't do that. You, you can't reach that conclusion like that. Okay. And honestly, I do my best to be uh, fair and 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 bias-free. And yeah, maybe it sounds stupid. Like, oh, if Ekaterina played better, she would have won. I mean, you can argue that if any player ever played better they would have won right but you know what i'm saying and, and don't be ridiculous um you can't really change my mind and, and don't talk to me about uns jabur please because i noticed that a lot of the people oh, who who think uns jabur is amazing they look i, I i'm not i'm not gonna i'm i'm, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna continue on this topic. Ons Jabor is through to the final. Uh, after some some gifts from Alexandrova early on in the first set, and the uh, the scoreboard pressure was 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 too much. She's a great front runner. She she stayed solid for uh, the majority of the match on serve, and and it was impressive. Congratulations to Ons Jabor, first Arab woman to ever reach a thousand level final.
Now for the other semi-final, it was so, so late, and I was, I was honestly so tired, and when you're, um, sort of sitting around waiting for a match to come, like, nothing is more exhausting and draining than that, uh, I ended up watching uh, a handful of ATP matches yesterday for the first time, um, what did I watch? I saw Rublev Evans, but that was before, I saw, um, Nadal uh, Goffin, I saw, um, Cam Nori Carlitos, uh, what else did I see? I think I think that's all. Um, but those were all pretty good matches, all pretty long matches. Rublev Evans was like th three hours almost for for a straight sets Rublev win. Uh, Nadal Goffin was actually really really good. Uh, David Goffin played very very inspiring. But uh, but I'm not. Uh, we'll talk about that later. We'll talk about all of it. By the time um, Carlitos and Nori wrapped up, and we were watch, and it was time to watch uh, Jilly Teichman and Pagula, I was so fucking tired and sort of nervous and kind of sick, because um, I hate waiting around. Um, usually, like all of these women's matches that I'm so eagerly uh, waiting for, they're usually a lot earlier. Um, and where I'm at currently. Uh, the match didn't start, I think, till like 1.30 or, or almost 2 a.m. And I was dead tired. So I watched exactly three games of the match, and Pagula won all of them. Uh, she went up three love, and I just sort of rolled over and, and said, I'm out of here. I just gave in, and I, I, I sort of conceded defeat and said, okay, I'm out of here. Uh, I need to sleep. Maybe I'll wake up to a surprise. Uh, just to give you guys an update, I did not wake up to a surprise. Um, you know how, like, when you're asleep, like when you're when you're like sleeping and and sort of like dreaming and shit, you don't know um, if what you're dreaming is real, like or like you imagine or like you daydream or visualize or whatever. That oh, I I went to the bathroom, I took a piss, uh, I checked my phone, it said Jill Teichman two one, uh, and she won, and that's amazing. And then like I actually wake up and then I'm like. Wait, I know I haven't checked my phone, right? Is that true? D does that ever happen to you guys? Especially with, like, scores? Like, you visualize, like, a team or bet winning. Um, and you're like, wow, this is so good. And, like, you sleep happy. And you, <laughs> and you shut your eyes for, like, an hour. And then you realize that you never actually woke up. And you never checked any scores. And it's time to face the music. And then you check your phone. And then <laughs> you see that they lost. That's... Uh, I don't. I don't know if that's weird. I feel like that's like surely you guys must relate on some level to that. But anyway, that's what happened. Um, so I had like a weird like daydream or whatever. I visualized that Jill Techman one two one, and that I checked my phone, and 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 that was the case. And then I actually woke up and checked my phone and saw that she lost in straights. Um, I spent some time this morning before coming on here just to uh, read some match reports, uh, things like that, uh, watch some highlights on YouTube. Um, and honestly, from the three, ga I, I do remember the three games that I watched in the first set, uh, three love Pagula. Um, Pagula, once again, just absolutely locked in. And that has been the difference for her all week. And it has nothing to do with her actual tennis. But her being that dialed in and just locked in and focused does has everything to do with her tennis in, in terms of having a, a very positive impact. Her body language, her focus, her her just her concentration. She, she seems 
determined, motivated, confident, um, and it's just all of these uh, little, uh, I guess, um, qualities that have nothing to do with tennis, but have a huge impact on your tennis, if you know what I mean. I mean, like backhand, forehand, serve, like it's n like it's good, but it's 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 not the difference. You know what I mean? It's nothing special. It's nothing exceptional or out of the ordinary. I mean, Je Jesse Pegula is a capable player, and she has played well and and served well, blah blah blah, in the past. Uh, but the Pegula of this week just just seems to be um, just so focused. And and I and I swear, like like if she's this focused, look, I'm not gonna say I'm not gonna talk about the match, but um, she really she truly does seem to be um, in career form. I will I will admit I'm I'm prepared to say that this is the best that she's ever looked, um, and it has nothing to do with her tennis. It's purely mental, and and she's getting up for all of these matches, and and sh and 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 the and the best part is the most important part is. Is that she seems to be maintaining that level uh, from start to finish. Uh, she she always has been starting strong, no, never like uh, a flat start, and and just like like right out the gates, just bam, 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 you know. Julie Teichman, however, um, I'd say much of the same. I mean, coming into yesterday's match, Julie Teichman hasn't dropped a set, and she's just been cruising. Just playing with so much confidence, and and it just seems so natural. She just seems to be really enjoying herself, and and just like the the focus and 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 the concentration and the motivation of Pegula uh, for Jilly, it was uh, improving her tennis a lot. I think for 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 Jilly, however, um, her tennis uh, does look a little different than from when you've seen her. her her serving was a lot better, and and just her her movement on court has always been really good, and and she's been hitting hitting the ball so clean as well. Jesse Pegula, this is a big win for her, not by um, not opponent wise or ranking wise, although I would say Julie Teichman uh, was playing at an incredible level, and that alone is a good win. But it's a big win in the sense that she's through to her first thousand level final. Um, so this is new territory for uh, both players, Uns Jabor and Jesse Pagula. Um, I'm not going to say anything now. I will save that uh, for tonight. Um, but I will talk about the lines. I'm not look. I'm not going to say anything. I, I I I'm trying my best here to not say anything. Uh, Jesse Pagula is plus three and a half, plus one sixty five over Uns. Um, Here's the thing, and I said this before, and I, I do think there's kind of, there's some truth behind it. Um, I really feel like most of these games at this point are 50-50, really. Like, they could really go either way. Um, and, like, you don't get to the final by accident, right? Especially in a big tournament like this, you don't get here by accident. Um, so if you're here, you deserve to be here. Like, like luck or fluke, that's probably, like... Maybe a round or two, or, or you know, a match or two. Uh, is it possible that one of these players has been lucky every match? Uh, unlikely. <laughs> okay. I mean, you can decide that for yourself. But but you know, I'm not gonna say anything. So yeah, the women's final is tomorrow. Unstjabor, uh, Jesse Pagula uh, should be really good. Um, 
two players that have impressed and, and sort of went above and beyond. Um, I faded Ons Jabor in her last three matches. Um, Bencic, Halep, Alexandrova. Uh, Jabor, by the way, just to note, had a losing record against all of those players. Bencic, Halep, Alexandrova. And so she's calling this the Revenge Tour. Um, okay. Jesse Pagula, I backed her the first two rounds against Georgie and Kanepi. I faded her in the third round against Andriscu. Obviously, I lost. Took her again in the quarterfinal against uh, Soribas Tormo. Uh, faded her in the semifinal against Jilly uh, and lost. So I am 3-2. and two. I, I Whenever I bet Pagula, I win. Whenever I fade her, I lose. Uh, Ons Jabor, whenever I fade her, I lose. 0-3 uh, fading her thus far. Um, I've never bet her so far this tournament. I like to make good financial decisions. Uh, generally speaking, like generally speaking, it's good to never bet on uh, bad players, and I try my best to prevent that. Um, so when two bad players play each other, it's usually a pass. Um, even if you bet on the less bad player, you're still betting on a bad player, so usually I don't like to do that. Um, I don't think Ons Jabour is a bad player, I want to make that clear. I just think compared, if you compare how people perceive her and, and what people make her out to be and what she actually is, then then that sort of, that difference right there makes her a bad player, if that makes sense. Like, for example, like, people perceive her as like a 9 out of 10 player, I think she's like a 6, 6.5. Um, so th that difference makes her a, a, a bad player. Does that make sense? Compared to how she is perceived, I think she's a lot worse, if that makes sense. So like, she's a bad player. Not by, uh, and bad, I'm not using the whole tour as sort of a, like an anchor or, or, or a benchmark or for like the average, the standard. I'm just using how Uns is perceived as the standard and compared to that, she's a lot lower, so therefore she's bad, if that makes sense. Um, but she herself is not actually a bad player. I, I just want to make that clear. Um, and, 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 and I'm not I'm not bullshitting, like this is sort of how I, you know, like when I call like, for example, um, Like what I call, I, I, let's use Alexandrova. I'm not sure if this is the best example. What I say, Alexandrova is a really good player. I'm not saying that she's better than everyone on tour except for like five or six players. I'm just saying like, based on how people perceive Alexandrova, I think she's way above that. So therefore, she's really good. You know what I mean? Um, I'm not sure if that's a great example, but that's sort of uh, what I'm saying here. As far as their heads ahead, uh, Uns Jabour and Jesse Pakula, uh, it's it's even, 2-2. Two and two. Um, Uns beat her this year in Dubai in front of a very obnoxious Arabic crowd. I was there. Um, Jesse Pakula, I'll be honest, did not look good that week. She beat uh, Coco Goff. Um, and that's like, you know, anyone can beat Coco Goff. And she struggled against Uns, uh, from what I can remember, honestly. Um, Uns was playing out of body in front of uh, a pretty electric uh, Arabic crowd whenever Uns plays in the Middle East, so uh, Doha, Dubai, wherever. Um, 
expect a huge uh, showing and, and a lot of home support. It's basically a, a home match for her. Um, just to add, in the next round, Uns Jabor played Simona Halep in front of that very same crowd and got shot on 6-2-6-3, I think. But anyway. Uh, they played twice in 2021. Uh, they split those, and then they played in 2018. Jesse Pagula won that. So, 2-2. Two two. Uh, all of their matches uh, thus far have been on hard court, and they're 2-2. Two two. If you look at this here, um, in Dubai, Unz uh, is 1-0 against her, and I, and I think the scoreline was really bad, or, or good, depending on how you look at it. Okay, so, on to the men's. Uh, this is probably the first time we, we will sit here and talk about the ATP for a little bit. Um, but on to the men's. Um, so yesterday, I mean, I've always, um, especially in, in, in the bigger men's tournaments, I always follow scores. I always try and monitor, you know, who's playing who, who beat who, da-da-da-da-da. I'll, I'll do a sneaky bet here and there. I'll probably try and watch uh, just, you know, the good matches, the bigger players. Um, yesterday was a, was a pretty good day, honestly, for men's tennis. Uh, this sort of heated up really quickly uh, for the men's side, um, the way this tournament is. Um, it's actually pretty exciting. Today's the quarterfinals already, and I feel like I haven't really been following the men's. I'm like, wow, it's the it's the quarterfinals. Um, and they're all really good. And from what I can see, they've, they all have uh, deserved to be there, except for... Maybe Zverev, who had an easy path. Uh, three sets win over Chilich, and then Musetti retired. Uh, Zverev was up 6-3, one love. Um, but Tsitsipas, just so easy so far, and, and straightforward for him. To talk about Tsitsipas uh, a little bit, um, this time last year, um, he was the best player in the world. Um, he was just winning uh, tournament after tournament. Um, he won Monte Carlo. He won Monte Carlo again this year. Um, yeah, in Barcelona, he could have got it going. He lost to Carlitos. Uh, Stefanos is Carlitos's dog. 3-0 and against Carlitos in like a span of like eight months or something. Like eight or nine months. Um, so I think the U.S. Open was the first meeting. and then And then Miami, I believe. And then... In Barcelona, so like, eesh. I mean, uh, but other than that, City Pass has been playing well last year, all the way. Uh, I'd say from after the the Australian Open last year, uh, when they like, you know, truly began the ATP tour. Um, City Pass up until the French Open final, where he lost to uh, Djokovic, he probably was the best uh, player in the world, best tennis player in the world, and then he sort of disappeared after that. After losing that final, it kind of ended him in a way. Um, he did play a lot up until the French Open final, and he played great. He 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 won a handful of events, and and he looked good. He looked scary. Um, after the French Open, if you remember, Tsitsipas sort of started spiraling. There were some injuries, surgeries, lost to Tiafo at Wimbledon, um, lost to Carlitos at the US Open, um, and then it, it just, you know, results weren't really great for Tsitsipas. Now that we're back on the clay, he looks to be um, getting back to that sort of level, back to that form. Uh, I'd say, like, this is probably his peak. Uh, last year, this is, like... During this time of the year, this is when he peaked, and I think like we're we're uh, we're getting there. 
for him, I'd be really interesting. I'll be really interested to see how he does uh, this week, next week, and then at the French. Today, Tsitsipas gets uh, Rublev, and Rublev, um, honestly, like really quietly, always, always um, steps up, always plays well. I heard a lot of people saying that he's not playing well recently. Um, but I think he did well against Dan Evans, from what I saw. I mean, Dan Evans is Dan Evans, but Dan Evans, I think, has been playing some uh, really inspiring tennis and and sort of um, to battle through and, and beat Dan Evans in straights in a really long match and, and, and not sort of slip up, I think is impressive. Da Dan Evans can be annoying to play against, right? Especially if he's playing well, it's, it's a tough, it's a tough match. Um, and I think Rublev looked good. Rublev, Tsitsipas, they're head-to-head, -head, five and five. Um, they're the same age, the same generation. They've played each other a ton. They sort of made their rise to the top together. And they're ranked uh, pretty similarly. And their success on tour also has been um, uh, pretty similar. Uh, that class, uh, Rublev, Tsitsipas, uh, Zverev, Medvedev, that's like sort of like the, you know, the next-gen guys. Um, now there's like next gen, next gen, uh, sort of with Carlitos, Sinner, and Sibita uh, Baez, and da 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 da. But these guys, um, that sort of class, Rublev, Tsitsipas, Zverev, Medvedev, um, promising players. And I, and I think like once the big three like fully are finished, you know the 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 big three of old, um, Nadal, Federer, Djokovic. Um, it's gonna be interesting to see like who who dominates uh, from from these guys. I think, and we'll talk about it later. But I think Sinner is just uh, out of the picture, and I think it's sort of unfortunate for him that he's in the mix. Like he got um, not only the big three of Nadal, Federer, Djokovic, but then he also got uh, Tsitsipas, uh, Rublev, Zverev, Medvedev. Uh, shortly before him and after him Carlitos so I think like the like the sinner class uh, is really tough and he, he's a really bad position same with Felix um Shapovalov and maybe a couple players because they're like sandwiched between um some incredible players and I think sinner is nowhere near the level of uh Rublev, Tsitsipas, Medvedev, uh Zverev um but also I think like Carlitos is uh, probably already ahead of him, right? So it's interesting to see how the ATP Tour in general will play out. But this is a big one, Rublev and Tsitsipas. Um, and and I and and the reason why I talk about that and bring that up is because like this is probably like uh, gonna be a rivalry in the in the future. Who knows? Maybe these guys are like one and two, or there's a big three or something. I know a lot of people aren't really high on Rublev in general. Um, but I rate his game. I think he's solid. Um, he can teach anyone in the world how to play forehand. And there's a, not a lot of players that you can say that can teach uh, someone anything. Um, but he can teach anyone how to play forehand. I think his forehand really is honestly one of the best. It's such a crunching forehand. Um, and, I, and I love his energy. I love his, his personality, his character. Um, uh, yeah, maybe he chokes sometimes or disappoints, but I mean that is not uh, irregular at all in the ATP. So uh, I don't think you can uh, be too hard on him. He won Belgrade. He won Marseille, Dubai. Um, he's actually racked up 11 titles already, which I think is 
uh, pretty impressive, and he does it uh, sort of quietly, right? Beat Djokovic in Belgrade, which I think is uh, a tall task for sure. Now he plays Tsitsipas. Tsitsipas, I think, is peaking. I really don't know how to make what what to make of this of this match. Um, their heads ahead is five and five, like I said, but on, on clay it's two one uh, Tsitsipas. And I think the most recent one on clay was last year's uh, Monte Carlo final, where Tsitsipas beat him in straights. I think both both of these dudes on clay are pretty are pretty scary. I think both of these players probably have like an all court uh, game, so it doesn't really matter. Um, Tsitsipas is a minus three game favorite, um, and I, I I really don't know what to make of this. I think I think Rublev like I don't want to rule him out. I think the fact that this is uh, a potential rivalry. I mean, like I said, they've already played each other ten times. Um, you know that head-to-head -head record can reach like an incredible number. They may play each other like 50 times when all is said and done. Who knows? Um, sort of like Nadal, Djokovic. Um, not saying they're gonna be that sort of level, but uh, it's an interesting one. And, and I think every match, truly, it could go either way. And their head-to-head -head is five and five. So like, really, it, it, it does. It has been going uh, either way thus far. So I think that's an interesting one. But I think I'm gonna go with. Um, uh, and I, I might regret this. Tsitsipas minus three, minus three and a half. Um, I really think Tsitsipas is going to get it going. The only problem is Rublev uh, forehand cross court that's with so much topspin and pace uh, to Tsitsipas backhand. And his backhand does give out sometimes. Um, we saw it with Evans. Evans plays a one handed backhand also. And then at key points of the match, like, it just gave out under the power of um, Rublev cross-court forehand. So, I don't know, it's a bit scary. But I think I think Tsitsipas truly will, will get it going here. Um, I think he is going to prove that he is probably one of the best clay players. Um, honestly, last year, the best clay court player in the world was Djokovic. But who was second? It was, um, it was Tsitsipas. And yeah, now Nadal is in the mix, but is he? Carlitos, um, uh, Zverev is the defending champion, so like, um, we'll see what's good. But I, I think Tsitsipas will keep going here um, and should be pretty good. This isn't uh, Nadal, this isn't Carlitos, and I feel like Tsitsipas will struggle against um, a Spanish player, and especially Spanish players that own him like Carlitos and Nadal. I think last year, Nadal Tsitsipas in the Barcelona final. Um, yeah. I mean, no, man, Tsitsipas, uh, I think he's for real on the clay, and I, I really do think he was the best player in the world last year. So, so let's see. Um, moving on, Djokovic to her catch. Uh, this is a bit of a pass. Um, I think Djokovic wins in straights, and if you can bet that at a decent price, then, then go for it. Um, I don't know, man. This is uh, a bit of an ugly one. Uh, honestly, this might be the worst match on the board, and I can't believe I saying, I'm saying that for a Djokovic quarterfinal. But this may uh, really be the ugliest match on the board. It could be the best match, potentially, but I, I, I really don't think so. Um, so I think Djokovic and straights, um, or something like that. Uh, I don't know. Maybe the under? I, I really don't know. I, I mean, Hubie could win in straights, too. I, I really don't know. 
One thing that I am considering, and this is very uh, square and chalky, but Djokovic money line, Tsitsipas money line is minus 120. Um, and that little money line parlay, I think, um, is pretty good. But value-wise, it's it's not great. But I, I think it's a decent bet to make. Um, you know, nothing crazy. But uh, but I think that's worth a look for sure. Now, here we go. Here Here's the big one. You ready? Carlitos versus Nadal. Now, you'll remember a, cu a couple days ago, a couple weeks ago, sorry, in Belgrade, um... Uh, Miomir Ketsmanovic versus Novak Djokovic in Belgrade. Uh, two Serbian players, uh, you know, past versus future, or, or, you know, present versus future, whatever. Uh, Djokovic versus Ketsmanovic in Belgrade. Uh, two Serbian players. Uh, one of them, you know, it's GOAT versus uh, young, young aspiring uh, player that looks up to the GOAT. In Belgrade, uh, there was an outrage on Ketsmanovic and how his price, uh, his plus 145 money line is going to hit. He's going to beat Djokovic. Uh, I came on the podcast and I said, look, throw everything you know out the window about how much Djokovic has been struggling, how good Ketsmanovic has looked. Literally take all of that shit and throw it out the window. We talked about the occasion and how the occasion would just not allow uh, Ketsmanovic to, to get the better of Djokovic. There's no way. And how uh, Djokovic, you know, as 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 one of the GOATs, would, would be realizing of this occasion and step the fuck up, even if he's been playing like shit. Even if he has no rhythm or form or if he's injured or unfit or whatever. None of that shit matters for a match like this. It's truly situational, and you have to look at it like that. I don't care about forehand, backhand, first serve percentage. You can take all that shit and shove it up your ass. I don't care. Here we are two weeks later. We have the exact same scenario. Nadal from Spain versus Carlitos from Spain. They're playing in Spain in the Madrid quarterfinals. I can't, and look, I don't, look, Nadal looks like shit, he's not playing well, I don't care, don't tell me that. Nadal and Indian Wells, we saw Carlitos was on fire, and the evidence was, and he went to, he went to Miami and just absolutely slaughtered everyone. So he was playing well, Carlitos, um, and Nadal was injured and, and tired and, and broken rib or whatever. And he beat Carlitos and, uh, and it was a very informed Carlitos. And that wasn't even in España. Hoy, aquí en España. Uh, yo. I mean, I can't believe they gave us this line. I, 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 Nadal is the play. Nadal is the play. This occasion is too much. And Carlitos uh, already lost here in Madrid to Nadal last year in their first meeting. Lost to Nadal this year in, in Indian Wells. And yeah, it was close. And yeah, Carlitos is getting better and better. And Nadal doesn't look 100% from his injury. Oh yeah, he almost lost to David Goffin. None of that shit matters. Just throw it out the window, dismiss it, act as if this is the first tennis match ever. Re truly. Maybe third time's lucky for Carlitos. Honestly, I'm kind of scared, because maybe it is. 
I like Carlitos a lot more than I like Katsmanovic, and I dislike Nadal a lot more than Djokovic. But I, I think this sort of theory stands about the occasion. This occasion will truly bring out the best of Rafa Nadal. Doesn't matter if he's tired, injured, not playing well. He and in, in Spain, against the future of Spain, playing against a dude who who idolizes you, Nadal. Oh man, I I'm. Th this is just one of those angles uh, in, 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 in sports betting where like you just really have to uh, assess it just so situationally. And you have to look at the occasion, the stage that they're playing in. You know, the, the pedestal, the, like... In Spain, Nadal versus Carlitos. I mean, look, if Carlitos pulls this off and brings it to Nadal, it will truly be uh, news. Uh, you can't... Walk away from the match, be like, oh, like, I really saw that coming. Shut the fuck up. Seriously, no, no, you couldn't have. So if, if Carlitos does beat Nadal and does pull this off, then this will truly be something amazing and a huge spectacle, I think, in my opinion. I don't think it's going to happen, though. Okay? And please, from now, I'm saying, if Carlitos wins, I don't want you to talk about how you saw this coming. Please shut your mouth. Really, truly. Honestly, this is a very exciting quarterfinals day. I haven't been this excited for for uh, for four ATP matches like this in a long time. ATP, I've I've said this before. I'm not high on it. It sort of disgusts me, and I don't like how much attention and 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 hype it generates. Um, for such shit matches, overall the tour is not good at all. Um, it's very top heavy, and you always know who you're gonna see in the later stages of tournaments. Um, but it's a good thing because in the later stage of tournaments, uh, big tournaments, the ATP, it's so exciting and so much better than the women. But only in big tournaments in the later stages. First round of an ATP 250. Don't fucking kill me, please. Like, uh, I that is painful. Even a final of ATP 250, like two 250s, forget about it. Even first rounds of slams and da 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 da, forget about it. It's so top heavy and and it's, it's just so gross, really. And that's what disgusts me. And the thing is, the problem is that people will watch like a Grand Slam final for ATP and think it's the best shit ever. So every ATP match ever is amazing. Every tournament is amazing. It's not like that. Okay, and they sort of run away with that. You, you, you guys got to be clear and assess things uh, clearly. Come on now. ATP is only good when it's when we're in a big tournament and the later stages. And that's why I did not even look at this tournament. Like, no one wants to watch Lucas Pui versus I don't know who. Truly. I mean, that's disgusting. And look, this is the same tournament. But now that in the quarterfinals, we get Djokovic Hercatch, Nadal Carlitos, Rublev Tsitsipas, uh, FAA Zverev. Uh, you know, this. now we're talking. Now we're talking. But just yesterday, um, you know, big difference. Huge difference. Anyway, the last match we didn't cover, uh, FAA versus Zverev. I think this is an interesting one. Um, yesterday, there was an outrage about uh, Yannick Sinner. 
Yesterday there was a huge outrage about Yannick Sinner, how he was going to beat uh, Felix Oje Aliassime. Um, just to talk about the players, I think, uh, I mean, it's clear Felix is a fraud and a choker or whatever, uh, but so is Sinner. I really don't rate Sinner highly at all. I think, you know, if you look at the players that are in the mix, I think he's the worst one out of all of them. If you exclude Casper Ruud, or something like that, I think I think Sinner is buttons, truly. I mean, Felix, uh, uh, he he's not fully developed, and you can you can really see the potential, like, and he he can really truly be really good, and I think his ceiling, his potential is much higher than Yannick Sinner, even though if Yannick Sinner is probably maybe a little bit better now or has accomplished a little bit more, um, Sinner ain't shit in my opinion. Uh, nonetheless, that was a good win for Felix. Uh, it was straightforward, no, no choking or throwing there involved, which is good to see, and sets up a, a pretty good match against uh, defending uh, champion Sasha Zverev. Uh, the head-to-head -head is four and two. Um, Felix winning in the ATP Cup this year. Uh, they played three times uh, or twice last year. They split them. Is Felix gonna win this? You think? Look, Zverev is one player I really don't like, um, but I do rate him. I mean, I hate his personality. I hate his face. I I, I don't really like him like as a, as a person, like his character. But I, as a tennis player, I do kind of I I do rate him, and I and I do respect him, and I can sort of put the sort of his antics aside. Um, so I think this is a good match. I. No, he hasn't impressed uh, lately Zverev, but uh, I think he's going to get it going a little bit and maybe like one or two wins might help. Uh, and same thing for Felix. Uh, he looked good last year on clay. He was, uh, you know, sort of streaky. I think it was Madrid or Rome. He he made a little run, uh, lost to Delbonis, but Felix took out like some two decent clay court players on the way. I can't remember who. My f first instinct when I looked at this slate was to bet the over in this match, which is what I'm going to do. I think it's a pretty good bet, uh, over 22.5. Okay, um, just to talk about, um, to just to recap super fast uh, today's slate uh, and sort of which way I'm leaning. Djokovic, uh, her catch, I'm going Djokovic in straights um, and Djokovic money line with Tsitsipas. Uh, Nadal Carlitos, I'm going Nadal, Nadal, Nadal. I can't believe we got uh, a pretty good line. This is the best Nadal line we've ever got in all three uh, matches against Carlitos, and 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 I'm and I'm I'm confident that Carlitos betters here are gonna be disappointed. Uh, Rublev Tsitsipas, probably the toughest match to call. May not play anything straight, but just play Tsitsipas uh, in, in a parlay with Djokovic. Um, which I which I don't love for the value, but um, I think Tsitsipas gets it going here and tries to make a run and and truly get back on track uh, as clay season is heating up. Uh, finally, uh, FWA versus Verev, I'm going over 22 and a half, and this should be good. The the matches should be really good and it's it's truly exciting. Um, sorry, this has been the safe space. Sorry for the late upload. Uh, tonight I will be. Um, 
recording uh, a new podcast where I recap all of these matches, uh, look at the men's matches, uh, which will be the semifinals, I think. Yeah, tomorrow. Is that tomorrow? And then the women's uh, final, we'll, we'll talk about all that tonight. Um, and then I can also give you a little I told you so about uh, Nadal. Even though I hate Nadal. Love Carlitos. Hate Nadal. He disgusts me. Um, but I'm going with the occasion here. So, so let's go as always. Thank you for listening. Best of luck to us. And I'll see you guys later this evening.